When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, everyone. This is the, uh, the last class, sadly enough. A little sad always when it comes to an end, but I think it's been, I think it's been good. I think, you know, I learned a lot. Hopefully you guys learned a lot. Um, so a lot, so as you know, clean is an acronym. So we, we talked about credit for the first four to five classes. Then we spent a class talking about wants versus needs, which was learning to live without. And then last week we talked about education. And so this week we're going to talk about attention to detail and then wrap it up with no shame in your game. So if you can go to the next slide, Mr. Tang. Um, so part of what we believe financial literacy not only is just, you know, numbers and finance, but it's also really understanding your self-worth. And this goes into like, you know, even the simple fact of like loving yourself and, and deeply understanding that like you are a brand um, and your brand and how you represent your brand, how you market yourself determines your value. I mean, we could, just because, say we all went to medical school, we all got our doctor, we all became doctors. It doesn't mean that we're all going to be getting the same exact salary. You know, it depends on how well you're able to navigate, how well you're able to position yourself. And if you're working for a hospital or, or a doctor's office, how well, you know, your peers and your boss are looking at you that you can represent the hospital, the medical clinic, the way that it needs to be represented. So, Whatever chosen field you do, you need to understand, especially in these times with social media, is really understanding your brand and the perception and how to build on that perception. Um, so the question is no longer if you have a personal brand, but it's if you choose, if you choose to guide and cultivate that brand or let it be defined by your behalf, meaning that you know any actions that you do, whether good or negative, your brand can be defined for you. You know, hopefully my brand is defined like, hey, Sean's a good guy, he's a funny guy. And he's also, you know, a guy that teaches financial literacy and believes in giving back. I, hopefully that's what my brand reflects. Um, you know, personal branding is a practice of people marketing themselves and their career. Okay. And how do you create a personal brand statement? These are things you need to take into consideration. What are your values? What are your interests, your beliefs, your ethos, your skills, and your talents? And this gets back to... Um, really, like we talked about at the beginning of the program, when you're kind of writing that initial statement of what you want to do, what you, where you see yourself going in life. And this, all, this is why we always say, you know, financial literacy is about really um, doing what you want and just building a plan behind it. So, you know, if, you're, if you have strong values towards loving animals, you have a strong desire and love for animals and you just love helping them, you love feeding them, you love doing all the great things that you should be doing for animals, but you're working in banking, Maybe you're in the wrong field. Maybe that doesn't align well with your value. Maybe if you're like somebody that's really about, you know, a lot of social values and beliefs and, you know, giving and, and, and you leave and believe in the environment. And once again, you're in banking. Maybe you don't, you're not aligned properly with what your real interests are and your real true beliefs are. Maybe you need to like take a deep breath and like look inside yourself and see, you know, what should I really be doing that's going to really represent who I am? 
um, like I mentioned earlier, you know, the stronger your personal brand, the higher your return is. Building a personal brand is like, to me, the number one investment in you. And even like myself, I'm constantly trying to build my brand and trying to be continue to invest in me and not only with finance, but in diet and health and exercise and all those good things. Um, so let's go to the next slide. Why is branding important? I think I mentioned a few things, but let's get a little deeper with it. Personal branding allows you to create a vision for your future. Um, can anybody explain what, how it helps you create a vision for your future? Can anybody like give me an idea of why they, they, that's a true statement and an example? Anybody? Nigel, you're always my go-to guy. I know you're part of the program, but you always, you know, set it off and get everybody else involved. I was actually about to um, un- <laughs> unmute myself and actually say something. Easy. There, there you go. Um, I think, um, and I don't want to steal anybody else's answer if they were going to say something, but I think that um, when you create a personal brand, you have a good awareness of, like, who you are and what you want to represent. Um, so when it comes time for you to create a vision for the future, it's like you've already done a lot of the work to get a good sense of what your product does, what, what your product is and or what you're trying to advertise or what you're trying to accomplish. Um, so then when it comes time for you to look for that vision or, or what you'll do in the future, at least you have the structure or the blueprint to work off of. Exactly. And it's ongoing. Like I'm always constantly writing notes on my phone. Like you're not married to like whatever your initial personal brand is. To, to do it you know but you should always have like a vision people that have visions and and, and really keep it real with someone constantly working towards that vision and adjusting it as needed those are the ones that succeed every successful person did not become successful without vision i don't care even if you're a pro athlete if you're an artist you have to envision yourself there you have to believe that you can get there it doesn't just happen through happenstance you know envision envisioning can lead to better jobs, better contacts, clients for your company, and, and more. Like, you know, I am a constant dreamer. You know, as old as I am, I think dreaming is important. You know, I'm always envisioning dreaming. And, you know, one of the, you know, one of the things that, you know, personal goals for me with this program, I first started it, I think Larry and Jeff and, and Mr. 850 know, is that, you know, I used to see, I, I, I it always bothered me, especially as being a sports guy, to see, like, professional athletes and celebrities, you know, in our community making all this large sum income and then misusing it. You know, I always believed that we, there was enough money in our community that we could, we could self-help ourselves, but people are just misguided. And when I teaching financial literacy, you know, I realized that a lot of people just don't know what to do. Like, it's like, for me, I'm on this journey of trying to hit certain fitness goals. And I just had a regular doctor's appointment. A doctor was actually a dietitian, dietitian that I've never had one before. And I was like, wow, I'm trying to get to this place, but I'm not really doing the right thing because I just didn't know. I think, okay, I can eat this, I can eat that, but he was just explaining to me. So it's like the same thing. We don't know. We're trying to get certain places, trying to do the right things, but we, we just don't know. You know, so a couple of years ago, um, the NBA reached out to me, Players Association to be exact, about teaching financial literacy in one of their summer programs and hopefully then leading to their athletes after. I presented, I thought it was great. They thought it was great. And to make a long story short, you know, and that was one of the things I wanted to do, be able to do that. And I was like, I'm going to hit my goal. And it didn't work out. <laughs> Nothing to do with me. You know, long story, I presented. And I, I believe that they went with some of my ideas and, you know, it just didn't work out. You know, but I, I didn't put that energy forward. I just continued on my path. And like, to make a long story short, you know, after this program, we're going to be actually teaching, hopefully, pro football players, uh, a four-week financial literacy from organically, from a guy listening to my podcast that played professional football, loved what I was doing. We, we spoke once on the phone. I directed him into real estate. He's taken off and done exceptionally well in real estate. He was like, well, I have some former teammates and players that I'd love for you to teach this program to. And I was like, wow, see vision, energy, things come back and you achieve your goal. Not in the way I wanted to. That's the thing about goals. They don't come in the way you expect them to come, but they'll come, you know, and it was me envisioning myself being there and having that platform, you know, and I was able to now bring my friends aboard, bring Larry, bring Mr. 850 to help me with this journey. So it's really having that and knowing that, Hey, I'm a brand. I can, I may not be Mr. Wall street finance guy anymore, but I think I represent and I can deliver messages that people can take in and better their financial situation and understand financial literacy. Um, 
Next thing is engage your industry online by posting. You know, this is very important for you people that like are very active in social media. You know, and I've always tried to be, I'm not consistent with it and I need to get better with it. But, you know, just think down to, gone are the days where you think you have this private account in social media where like only certain people see and you can be a certain way there and nobody, it's not going to have a reflection on you. Anything you put out there online in, in the World Wide Web has any people can get access to it. And I'd be very mindful of that, you know, when you post certain things. You can still post jokes. I post jokes. You can still post, you know, you know, personal statements, statements and so forth. But I would be a little bit weary of how far you go and what you want to reflect. If you, you know, you know, for me as a father, I, one rule I have, I don't post anything that I think that I would want my kids, that what I wouldn't want my, if my kids read, I would feel, I'd have to explain to them I feel embarrassed. That's my first and golden rule. Like I'm not posting anything that doesn't, because I believe as well, like long gone are the days of photo albums. I think, you know, when my time is up in this world, my memory will be reflected through my Facebook, through Instagram, through social media and that kind of stuff. So I want there to be a reflection of me that says that, that reflects who I am. Um, so even email addresses, I've seen some email address where I'm just scratching my head that I can't believe that this person is using this as their email address. These things all reflect your brand. You know, I believe if you want to joke around and show a different side of you, you know, do it informally with your friends offline. You know, make sure that, you know, what you project online is who you really are. You don't have to explain yourself to anybody. You know, and I'm not saying if you really believe in something, you're passionate about something and you want to show that, remember, it's just going to be part of your personal brand. And understand that if you're okay with that, then that's fine. Um, and Sean, if I can add, if I can add really quickly, I know the examples we put on here are probably not the best examples because we're, we're old. <laughs> so we have... You'll see, like, we put LinkedIn, we put Facebook, we put Twitter. Uh, but, you know, I think before, five years ago, if you asked someone, you know, what's the social media that really matters when it comes to building your brand, people would say things like LinkedIn or Facebook or Twitter, right? And while they're still around, obviously, today, people are going on TikTok, people are going Clubhouse is like a big thing now. Uh, Instagram, right? Like, we're on Instagram. I think it's all, as Sean said, it's all blending together. So, right. but like, the, the barriers between public and private are blending together. And so... I don't know what the right strategy is, but you know, if you, if there are certain things that Sean said that you want to keep private, just in case they might be a little bit more controversial, you know, maybe some people have separate accounts, right? One is a public facing one and one is private that they only share with their friends. For example, like my Facebook isn't completely private. Once I started recruiting for jobs, the first time I started recruiting for jobs, I made it completely private just because I didn't want to deal with any liability. And I will tell you when we, at least with the companies that I've worked for, when we go recruit people, not all the time, but sometimes we will look them up uh, or just do a Google search on them and you'll be surprised what comes up. Yeah. And I'm, 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 gonna, I'm I, I have my own business and I do do a Google search. I do check Facebook and see just who they are and get a feel of who I'm, who I'm hiring. I'm thinking about hiring. So yeah, it's, it's, this, it's a reality. You know, and when I first started looking, that was the thing, but this is what it is today. You know, so I, I, you need to take your social media handles very seriously and understand it's a reflection of you and your brand. And these are all great tools like to use um, just in general, like social media is a great tool to, to meet people, to broaden your knowledge, to meet people of similar interests, you know, it, you know, like every like clubhouse, like I've been on a few clubhouses and they're really interesting conversations. You know, it's really a good way to meet people of like-minded and have really insightful conversations so yeah there's things that the social media that's out there used correctly i think is i think is awesome you know i we, think it really is so we have a question we had a question uh before we even go to this slide we had a question about what are certain red flags on people's social media now obviously let's say let's if we use the job example again one cannot discriminate your employer cannot discriminate right based on your age sex race gender any of that stuff right so I don't think you need to be worried about that, right? Um, red flags would be, you know, if you're, it's, it's hard to say, right? Because we all know it, everything is a reflection and I'm sure everyone behind their social media, everyone's a little bit different in reality. But, you know, if you go on, you know, if you go on your Facebook and 
someone, maybe even your friend, right? Not yourself is posting on your wall and posting something that's a little inappropriate, right? Or, um, or you know, you're making a very controversial political statement. While again, you shouldn't be discriminating people based on politics. I can't speak for other people, right? There's certain things that might be a little bit more sensitive. I don't think you have to be necessarily worried if let's say there's a picture of you going to a party, right? I, I think that's perfectly fine. We're all allowed to have fun. But if by having fun, you start bordering on irresponsible, then that might be something you want to consider, you know, not having on there or making it private. Well, let's just ask the floor, too. What do you guys think that you've seen in social media that you would consider inappropriate? You know, everybody has their own understanding of what inappropriate is. What, can anybody tell me what they've seen that's inappropriate? To me, a couple of things that I've seen that's inappropriate, like, um, you know, strong sexist remarks i think you know it has its place you know especially from where like if you really you know um i'm not one for profanity a lot of profanity i see people would use in in, in social media and put up some some um, post some things that are just very profane it could be offensive to some people but i'm not telling you i'm not telling you i'm posting christian-like posts all the time that's not what i do either so you know there's a fine line between you know going too far off versus, you know, kind of, you know, I just try to make sure that I'm sensitive to whoever my audience is. And I make sure that, you know, what I post, you know, just like describes who I am. and I don't have to defend my actions through a post. Sorry, Mr. 850, you were going to say something? Yeah, I was, when I do a background check on individuals who are looking for apartments, I not only check their credit score, their job reference and so forth. I look through sometimes to see if they have a post on Facebook or uh, Instagram. And, you know, sometimes people are just people. They're just having a good time. And that's, that's perfectly fine. What, what you look for is character flaws that could, you know, you know, signal, well, what kind of crowd these individuals might bring to your apartment. <laughs> or if this person's, you know, into just, disruptive behavior going out and getting drunk and he posts that, you know, which you shouldn't do. So I would, I, I'm not against people who want to have fun. I love having fun. And, um, you know, we're all human. So I, I pretty much just look for certain character flaws that might signal something. And if it doesn't really blend with the job and I look at it as just a one night out and a posting, you know, it's not a big deal. But if I see repeated posts of just irresponsible behavior, a lot of profanity, and then it could be an issue with how they interact with the people that are in my building. So that I could take into consideration. But um, with these, um, with being engaged in these industries, these online industries, everything is going to be considered a brand. And, you know, digital is going to be even more bigger as we go forward. So I'm starting out now, no more, no less than anyone here in this room. I, I have a, a group of names that I went to GoDaddy and then I, you know, paid for. But, you know, I'm still in the stage of development. So I'm no further along than anyone in this room other than to have the time and the money to spend to have people help me and assist me as I go forward with my webpage and my brand development. So let's open up the floor. So what do you guys think some of the things, cause you know, sometimes the younger generation, you guys always have, you know, a, a perspective that I, I admire. So what do you guys think that would um, constitute as inappropriate when it comes to social media? You need to use it for for, for to to um to promote your brand, so so people can know about you and, and, and know about uh, of what you promote for for your brand. Yeah, Nigel mentioned drugs paraphernalia. Like, so what do you guys think about like posting? Like, although marijuana is legal in a lot of states, how do you guys feel about posting? You know, you know yourself smoking marijuana or you know is just. It, I have a question: Is is it illegal? Is, is it illegal to, to to, to um record yourself smoking weed on on, on the camera and posting it on, on the social media. 
I'm not. I'm not. A, I'm not. A, I'm not. That, a that I'm not sure, I would, but we'll I, I would, I, my my gut tells me probably not. I don't think the police are going to come to your door and knocking on your door. You got to picture of yourself smoking marijuana. Yeah. But um, I think uh, my gut would tell me I don't think it's illegal. <laughs> but um, Sean. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Nigel. I was going to say that um, it may not necessarily be illegal um in certain states. Um, one, it really depends on your age too, because you have to be 21 and older to, of course, legally do that. Um, so remember that too, professionally, it definitely isn't something that is suggested. So we're more so talking about the professional sense of things. Um, when it comes to the legalities, um, I think that's definitely, uh, well, to a certain extent, like, like I was saying, the age comes more into play. Um, so if you're not 21 and older, you cannot legally do that anywhere, whether it's recorded or not. Um, so keep that in mind. Um, but professionally, definitely is something that you not want to um, put out there on social media platforms, um, especially if it is a public platform um, where future employers or even um, other people in your life can easily look you up and find you. Exactly. And, and you know, and everybody and the thing about it, you know, because marijuana is trending so high now as a thing to do. Everybody still has their personal feelings about it, even as an employer. I don't know if I'd want heavily marijuana smoker as working at my store. I just have the, I have a lot of stereotypes in my head. They're going to be tired. They're not going to feel energetic, certain things. And, you know, and, and if you, for those that don't know me, even though I have drugs, I have never smoked marijuana in my life. Never, never tried it. Never tried any kind of drugs. I just, I grew up in an athletic environment and I just was always had this paranoia of like putting anything in my body. So you would think that, Oh, you must, people come to like, do you smoke? And I've never even tried it in my life. And then, so for me, I would be, you know, when people come at me with that, I'm a little taken back because you're assuming that I do something that I don't do. So people may also have that same type of feeling. And I don't judge people for what they do, what they decide to, to take. But me personally, I'm just, you know, it's never been something that's been appealing to me. You know, I've always had, a, I'm always someone of a control freak and I just don't want to lose my control. So you know, um, John, if I could just yeah. say, like, if I could just wrap it up, look, we can, we can spend hours talking about different touchy fence, like on the, on the fence subjects, marijuana politics, right? right. A lot of yeah. things that are going on in the world right now. I think the reality is, as Sean mentioned, stereotypes, right? The thing is you can control what you do. You can't really control what other people think about you and whether, whether or not it's legal or not, right? If people have a stereotype, even if it's legal that's what they're going to think. And unfortunately those biases do creep into life. So I think the right way to think about it is, is, is not, is it legal or not for me to do it on Instagram or social media? I think the right way to think about it is if you have to ask that question, you probably shouldn't be doing it. Thank you, Larry. So let's go to the next slide. Seven tips to writing a, a strong personal brand. Um, this is really helpful. You should take a picture of this, you know, list your attributes, you know, what you do well, you know, envision, and I should be even envision your audience. Who are you talking to? That's why I think everybody's have like multiple resumes because, you know, you should be able to look at your audience and say, who am I making this towards? Like I just wrote a letter of recommendation. I'm envisioning the person that's reading it. Um, and the thing is, be honest, especially with yourself. You know, the key to success in life, one of the things is be very honest with yourself, what your skill set, what you're trying to do and who you are. Because then it makes you focus on the things that you need to work on and get better at. Um, yeah, make it memorable. Always leave something impactful, something differentiating you from, from everybody else, something that's unique about you. Um, make sure your self-impression is consistent with other people's impressions of you. So this is a question, you know, ask your circle of friends, you know, Larry, for one, and Mr. Apis are always keeping me in check of, you know, who I am and, you know, things that I need to get better at. And, you know, so always ask the people that you, in your inner circle, like, what do you think about this? How do you think I am with this situation? How do you think I am with that? You know, and so they can help refine you and you can help figure out what you need to work on. Um, don't be scared to market yourself. Like I mentioned earlier, the, these social media tools that we have are great ways to market yourself. And I'm not saying like, bluntly like where you're just throwing in everybody's face like attaching your resume to everybody's file and messaging them here take my resume read it up but you can do it so informally with people um through instagram linkedin and facebook just to kind of show your skill sets and what you do and you'd be surprised the response that you get um stay current you know 
make sure that you, your brand is always current. And as you learn something and you realign yourself, you know, learning sometimes allows you to realign yourself and say, Hey, I need to do this. I, oh, I enjoy this. I'm going to move. I'm going to pivot. So always stay updated and keep challenging yourself and always, 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 you know, I learned this in sports, you know, once, and I tell my kids all the time, once you lose your confidence, everything is gone. You know, nobody should take away your confidence. We, Larry and I have had like taught classes together and there will be this one student that just wants to keep pressing you and like challenging your knowledge and, you know, we'll mess each other back and forth. Like, okay, Sean, answer, but we're really just sending each other confidence message to know that, okay, we're going to get through this. We're going to answer the way to be professional. And we're going to, we're going to, um, you know, not lose that part of who we are and what we stand, what our program is, because when you have something, people are going to challenge it. So people try to poke holes in your program and try to show you up. And we just stay true to what we're trying to do and believe in what we're doing. Um, and I think if I can, if I can, if I can have two comments on the confidence thing, I think some people, I will, I will argue that some people confuse that with fake it till you make it. And we hear that a lot. And while I, I, you know, there are, there is a place for that, you know, when you're going on a job interview, obviously you want to put your, your best face forward. Uh, but confidence and stubbornness uh, can sometimes get confused and you can, you know, you can end up digging your own hole because there are always going to be people like with John's example, there are always going to be people who know more about one particular subject than you, right? You cannot know everything. And part of when we went back to last week, when we talked about leadership skills and personal skills, right? Developing yourself. But part of that is learning how to compromise. And so being able to defend what you have to say, but not necessarily, you know, go down a rabbit hole if someone else, you know, has a valid opinion or acknowledging their opinion and just moving on, right, is, is, a, is a very important skill. And the other thing I was going to say is number five, the asking your personal friends, it's a great exercise. So when I was, a, I think Sean mentioned last week that I, I was applying for a school, grad school, and one of the things we had to do is write these application essays, right? And a lot of them ask you about, you know, your personal brand and like what you care about and what matters to you. And one of the, cause it's a really hard question to answer it yourself. And so one of the first things that I actually did was ask all my friends to tell me what they thought, like a, if they could describe me in a sentence or two, like, what would it be, right? Like who they think I am. And sometimes it's scary to do that. You wouldn't ordinarily do that because I think as humans, we don't necessarily, we're scared of what people might say, right? We know what we think we are, but we don't know what, who, what other people think we are. So I think doing that, you don't have to do it all the time, but doing that once in a while is actually a really, really good exercise. Another thing I want to say too, don't understand the difference between confidence and arrogance. You know, I have a nephew of mine and he, he loves to tell you, you know, how things should be done in a very confident way to me in a very arrogant way, but because he's not willing to listen to your suggestion because his way is the only way the only way that makes sense no matter if it's taking longer no matter if it doesn't seem practical his way is the only way that makes sense and he feels his comp he feels it's confidence but it's more like it's more to be it's more arrogant than confidence you know a confident person welcomes constructive criticisms welcomes ideas welcomes change welcomes opinions looks at people for face value and understands like regardless of their background, their level of education, they still can say something to that's added value. That's a confident person. So remember that even if you've learned, if like a lot of people, because they've read more, they've studied more, they have more experience, they feel they can just supersede everything somebody has to say on a particular topic. That's not a confident person. That's a person that's going to miss out a lot in life. You know, so you have to really understand the difference between confidence and arrogance. And, and why are we trying to, I guess, why are we trying to hammer this home? And why are we spending time on all this stuff, right? Like, because this is a financial literacy class. Knowing the facts, what we taught you in week one to week six on credit and investing and all that stuff, that's important, right? You can't not have it. But not having this can also hurt you financially, right? Whether you're looking for a job, whether you're going to apply for a loan, which we've talked about, whether you're trying to apply for an apartment and Mr. 850 is looking up your social media account, there are many indirect ways that this can help, but also hurt you. 
So it's something that you should keep in mind. Yeah, we're trying to maximize your worth. You know, my question always been, you know, did I maximize my worth by sticking with my shipping business, Nick that Direct? Could I have been making more money if I stayed corporate or doing something else? That's always the ongoing question in my head. You know, but we're trying to make sure that. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, this is Janice Torres from Yo Quiero Dinero. If you own or operate a business, whether it's a local operation or a global corporation... Partnering with Bank of America could be your smartest move. By teaming with Bank of America, you'll enjoy exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Position your business to capitalize on opportunity in a moment's notice. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America N.A. Copyright 2024. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. You are humming on all cylinders. You know, you're making sure that, you know, like we said, there's only 24 hours in a day. And you want to be able to do the right things that will give you the, the highest rate of return. Right. And like I say all the time, your number one investment should be you. Um, let's go to the next slide. <laughs> all right. Effective network. We thought this was important because obviously, you know, we always believe to acknowledge the elephant in the room. <laughs> we are still in a pandemic. Um, and there are things in way which you have to tweak a little to, to market yourself. <clears throat> so we, we listed a few points um, of effective network marketing during um, COVID-19. Warm contacts versus second and third degree contacts. I'll let you talk about this one, Larry. Let sure. me jump so, in on this one, Sean. Okay, oh, yeah. no problem. Okay, so um, warm contacts versus second and third degree contacts. That's mainly just, you know, saying hi to the people who you normally be hanging out with and versus people who you may have not seen in a while or who live in different parts of the country. So, you know, you reach out to um, one person who hasn't spoke to, you haven't spoke to in a long time, say a year or so, and that rekindles relationships and um, helps develop with your networking and bonding with people because now you have hopefully um, similar things to stay in contact with for us health and what you're doing to stay healthy, what they're doing to stay healthy. You know, shared interests with articles. So you're reading hopefully and you're expanding your knowledge. Uh, I'm down here in Florida and my, my brother-in-law who's more like an herbologist has been making sure the whole family's up on what herbs and what vitamins to constantly take, how to, you know, wake up and, 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 and help, you know, energize the body with exercise. So, you know, that relationship has, has grown tremendously to keep us strong and healthy. I've not, I've been breathing really, really good. And, you know, um, make the ask. So that when, you, when you're asking for help or you're asking questions, you want to be able to understand the different ways people out there can be of help to you. So online channels to reach out. So you have phone calls, you have Zoom like we're doing now, and we have virtual networking events, LinkedIn, emails, Instagram, virtual happy hours, um, people doing uh, virtual parties online, 
um, they're doing meetups on different, you know, categories. And these are ways that you can expand your network, whatever interest you have. I mean, I expanded my network through an email to Sean and Sean got back to me very, very quickly. And he was teaching at Thomas Jefferson High School in Brooklyn. And he says, come on down. And based on what I wrote to him, he says, I want you to do a presentation on how you grew up in East New York, because I'm originally from uh, Pink House Projects. So that was a that was a great experience. And, and my network through Sean has expanded. So these are categories that will help each of you as you grow, because you're going to need to know people who know people who know people. And that's how we all we don't grow in isolation. You know, we, we communicate we learn, we experience, and then we share. And through our sharing, we all now benefit. And, and Mr. 850, uh, just to add, while the title of this is Effective Networking During COVID-19, right? All these things, I'm pretty sure that, you know, once we get back to normal, all these things are gonna stay, right? They're not gonna go away. I think what's happened is people have realized how easy it is to connect with people, you know, across the country, across the world, through a Zoom, right, through uh, a virtual happy hour, uh, through directly reaching out to people rather than, you know, necessarily just going to an event, an actual event physically and talking to people, right? It's a lot more efficient. You don't have to get dressed up. You don't have to go. You don't have to do all this. So I do think that this is going to stay. So I think it would be a mistake for any of you to think that it's temporary. I think it's, it's very important that this is going to be a part of your life and you have to adjust to be part of your life. And so I think that ties in really well to this next slide that we have where we're, we call video conference etiquette, right? right. Just, as your, just as your online presence is represented by all the things on your social media, this is in real time, right? And so there's certain things that can give off confidence, that can give off the sense that you're prepared, can give off, just affect your overall presentation, because as humans, we are biased and we're prone to this, even if I, even if we don't want to be. And literally the way that you look, the lighting in your background, the, you know, any noise going on in the back can affect how you look. And so, you know, being dressed properly. Now you don't have to, it, I think you have to use your best judgment. You don't have to necessarily wear a suit to every time you go talk to someone, but you know, making sure you're not wearing your PJs when you're on the, on, on the video, right? Making sure that people can hear you, testing that out, making sure you look good, making sure if like I'm using a video background because this is my bedroom and I don't necessarily want someone to see my bed when I'm going through an interview, right? Uh, practice talking to the camera because are you looking at the camera or does it look like you're looking off in some distance because your camera is off there? Uh, trying to, you know, create that face-to-face look is really important. And so, and also being mindful of your actions is the last thing because, you know, while you could be texting, you could be doing whatever, you need to give the person their attention, right? Because if you were talking to them, if you were sitting across from them in an actual meeting, would you be checking your phone? Would you be looking outside at the weather? Probably not. So don't do that. And it's, it's hard. It's hard because we have so many distractions. And so maybe part of it is not even letting them happen. Maybe it's turning off your phone, putting it somewhere, uh, putting down the blinds, closing your windows, you know, closing your door. If you have a roommate putting a, I used to do this. I would put a little note on my door, a sticky note saying on a call, please don't be loud or something like that. And it might be passive aggressive or you can talk to them before, but it's necessary. So just, just my, just my two cents on these. Sean, I think you're on mute. Oh, sorry. I absolutely agree with Larry's sentiments. This is something that I even have to get better at myself. It's getting better for video conferencing, doing better, getting better positions and so forth and background, all that stuff. So it's always a work in progress, but this is a new, new. And I always say to be successful in life and in business, you cannot resist change. You have to welcome change. It's a totally different mindset. You have to welcome change and figure out how you're going to adjust. I remember the conversation with Larry and myself when, pandemic hit and we made the we made the pivot we're like you know we love teaching to live audiences loved it you just feel the energy of the students they come up to you afterwards 
it's just a camaraderie. These are you gain friendships from it. There was so much. So we've we've taught at some really cool places from Borough Hall to different different venues to high school students. It was really a great feeling, and I met great people. And when the time came when we realized that this pandemic is going to be here for a while, and Larry and I got on the phone and said, "Okay, what are we going to do?" And realized like. You know, I love teaching at Good Shepherd in Park Slope. <laughs> I mean, it was great seeing Benjamin, you know. But when we realized we had to pivot, we had to, like, say, this is a new norm. And it was, you know, and how are we going to make this right? You know, we, we, had, we had a workbook. We went from workbook to doing PowerPoint presentation. Um, but I think we adjusted to the new norm. And we adjusted. And we, what we were able to do is keep our program moving forward, even in a better way. I think we've been... Now that we've gotten used to this, we've gotten, I think, decent at it. We are much more effective teaching via Zoom than we were in the classroom. I think we've get more, we go through more material. You know, those that don't know, Larry's always in the background saying, hey, Sean, let's go to the next slide. Let's get in. We're making sure we get in what we need to get in content-wise rather than, like, when we were in the class, we, I, you know, we sometimes go off on tangents. We wouldn't get through everything. So I think this has made us more efficient and, and a much more effective presentation. To the point, I, I mean, if not to say we'd never do a live class again, but, you know, I, I feel confident that we are, you know, my biggest concern was, am I going to be as impactful via Zoom as I am live? Are we going to change lives via Zoom as we are when we do the live classes? And I think we've met that goal. I feel very comfortable to know that, you know, we're doing just as good work, you know, via Zoom. And this is what I'm just saying about welcoming change instead of resisting it and saying, you know, Let's just put something half together and tell every class, okay, this is not the real class. We usually do it live. So when things go back to normal, we'll be back live again. So stay tuned because we're going to be going live. We're going to be going to a class. We know we said, this is a norm. We're going to adjust. We're going to adapt. And we're going to move forward. We're going to excel. And that's the mindset you have to, you have to change. Like, you know, a, a non-forward thinker is always waiting for saying to himself, well, when things get back to normal, when things go back, when things go back, you don't, there's going to be a new norm and you have to adjust and adapt. So once again, I just got your message there. Let's go on to the next slide. Thank you. Um, so let's talk about goals. Um, there's an acronym called SMART. Um, and it really just aligns like how you should be thinking when you're creating goals. So they should be specific, meaning like they should be defined. And they can change as you go along. Measurable, like what is a measure of success? You know, it's like you have weight goals. You want to hit a certain weight. You want to hit a certain... Like, how do you measure your goals? Because a lot of people, like I was just speaking to a friend yesterday and I'm like, you know, you know, you have, you're doing the business that you love. Um, you're, you're selling it, you're growing your clients. What are you upset about? And she had to pause and say, you know, I shouldn't because she wasn't measuring her success. She wasn't looking back and saying, wow, I have attained a lot. I have gotten a lot. Um, and then, you know, the next thing, attainable, are these realistic goals? And, you know, sometimes your big goal needs to break, be broken down into small little pieces, which I love to do. Because I like to hit little targets and then that'll lead to the big thing. Trying to get to the big thing sometimes can be stressful because you're not hitting the little targets. Um, next thing is relevant. Like, how relevant is it to your brand, to who you are? What is it going to do for me? Where is it going to take me? And then, you know, once we say it from the beginning of the program, you know, your most important asset is time. What is the sacrifice of time I have to get to get this goal? Is it worth it? You know? Is getting, you know, is is doing this or doing that and the time that it's needed to get there, is it really worth it? Have I, I measured everything and say, you know what, it's worth putting the time or that's a lot of time to get to, get to this little, you know, victory that I'm trying to get to. Sorry, Larry, you wanted to say something? Okay. No, I, I did not, but um, I, I think that's, I think it's fair. And a lot of people, a lot of people use this framework to, to set goals and, I think a lot of people make the mistake of just going, setting the goals and then forgetting about it, right? So I think it's important, even though you're setting these goals to whether you have, you know, on the timely element, whether you have milestones along the way, whether you have, you know, check-ins just, just to make sure that you're tracking. Because sometimes you can forget if you're setting like a goal that's, you know, more than a year, sometimes it's hard to, it's hard to zoom out and be like, where, where am I on this, on this journey? All right, so now we've actually finished attention to detail. Um, so we've gone through credit, learning to live without, education, attention to detail. We're on the last module, which is no shame in your game. And it's, and um, first of all, does anybody have any questions with attention to detail? 
No. Okay. Um, so no shame in your game. Hopefully by now in the program, you're understanding that, hey, I can do and accomplish anything I want to do, and I can build a financial plan behind it, and I know all the variables in which to do that. And this is just reinforcing you to, you know, go for it. Um, and, and the things that you need to know to live that clean life and to achieve your goals and to leave something for the next generation to build financial wealth. We wrote down a few tips that we feel can help you get through there. And then at the end of that, I want a couple of people to, to kind of go through what their initial goals were in the program and then tell us now that you've taken the program, where your goals are now, are they the same? Have you modified them a little? Have you adjusted? What is a pro, how has the program helped you in that sense? And just an overall perspective. Um, so we'll go through these. We have like 10 minutes. Um, so number one is identify your dream. Number two, write down your goals. And they can always be subject to change. It's so important to continue to write down your goals. Um, stay open-minded to constructive criticism. Align yourself with the right people. I mean, if I didn't have Larry and Mr. E50 on my team, there's no way Clean would still be around today. So it's really building that team and aligning yourself with them. Stay on your path to success. You know, most people don't achieve their goals because they let a little thing called life get in the way. You know, a hiccup will come. Yay, they'll get sick. You know, God forbid somebody will, something tragic will happen. They may lose, they may, somebody may pass away or you may not get through a course that you thought you were going to get through and you have to take it over again. And those little, you know, you, you got this unsudden debt or burden that you didn't expect. That's what I call life. We're all going to go through different things in life, different challenges in life. They, they happen and they happen when you're on your journey, but you have to understand like, okay, I'm going to get through this, but I continue, very important, continue on my journey. It may not be at the same rate it was before this incident happened, but you still have to chip away at it because if what will happen, you'll let this thing get in the way. Then something else will come up and it will stop you. Then something else will come up and you won't achieve your goals. Like, you know, with clean, they have so many other things going on, but I make sure I always chip away at clean. And Larry always would mess with me like, hey, when are we having a meeting? What's going on next? What are we doing next? So we keep the process moving forward. Um, failure is a great learning tool. And I don't even call it failure. I just call it a learning tool. You know, things that didn't work out in the way you expected them to, it's just a way in which we should learn and reassess what you need to do to get to your goal. Um, chip away at it. You know, especially in the city that we live in, thick skin is vital. People are going, to, I just had a doctor's appointment, like I said, and, you know, I'm trying to reach certain weight goals, certain things. And, he was just very blunt with me. And I appreciate it. Like, this is what you need to do. If you want to get to where you need to, I understand all the work and you do, but you're not doing X, Y, Z, right? And this is what you need to do. And I was like, I explain, I, I appreciate your bluntness. Um, remove your emotions and never close the door to an open door. Once again, very important. You're going to find somebody you're going to work with you didn't like. Somebody you're going to do business with you're not going to like. Doesn't mean you have to show that emotion. Doesn't mean you have to like tell them off or tell them how you feel or give them attitude. You know, try to maintain that level of professionalism because you know what? When time goes on, I've seen it happen. People that people that I grew up with that I didn't even like have reached out to me through Facebook and be like, hey, Sean, and, you know, so glad to catch up with you, you know, blah, blah, blah. And you can tell they're just genuinely happy to see me, even though we didn't like each other as kids. We had differences. And, you know, I could leverage that relationship. You know, and it's the same thing with a boss or employer. You may not have gotten along at that particular time, but as time goes on, it heals. And you may realize that this person is a great content. And just to know that you can reach out to that person can probably may impact your life. So I don't see the added value to just telling somebody how you feel, giving them peace of your mind and ending it on a, on a sour note. Um, so that leads right into don't burn your bridges. Um, and deal everything you do and everything you say, everything that has your signature on your branding, have a sense of integrity and pride in what you're presenting and what you're doing. Let people feel that. Even if they don't like it, know that you're proud and you're confident of what you're providing to them and the work that you're doing. Um, focus, another great acronym, follows one's course until successful. So stay on that path and keep going until you've reached where you need to get to. Um, and the last one, you know, be a trailblazer and set a path to others to follow. And, you know, that goes right into this program that we created. We did not create a typical, as you know, financial literacy program. You can take 100 other financial literacy programs, and I guarantee you they're not going to fall aligned, perfectly aligned with what we're doing because we're really trying to create a wealth mindset and a lifestyle change. So, um, and being this way has opened up many doors for us where people, uh, you know, welcome us to come and have these conversations and teach these classes. So, and I'm proud of what we do because it reflects who I am. 
you know, I didn't want to just pigeonhole myself and do something that everybody thinks is right, but not really being impactful as the way I needed it. I wanted it to be. Um, so that wraps it up. So now we're going to get back to asking people to tell us what their initial goals were and, you know, how clean has helped us get there. And I think Larry has some, um, some little wrap up things that we need to, that he wants you guys to do as well. Correct. Yeah. Let's do the goals first and then we'll quickly wrap it up. Okay. So, you know, Nigel, I got to open up the floor with you. So and we, and we definitely do not want people to type in, in the chat. We definitely want people to speak up. Please. You want me, so you want me to start off with what my original goal was and, um, Correct. I my, do. okay. I, do. Um, I think originally, um, prior to, to just like listening to the content on these goals and participating, um, I guess I had my own sense of what wealth or what success should look like for me or what I thought it should look like. Mm-hmm. Um, and through these calls, I definitely have had my eyes open to different methods. Um, and especially in regards to like investments, um, I think that those goals have definitely shifted um, where it's it's not necessarily about quick money. Um, I definitely appreciate the information that you all shared about um, how, how staying consistent in, in whatever investment pattern or whatever savings plan or whatever plan that you set up for yourself, like staying consistent and recognizing, um, just being real with yourself. Um, I think that that has helped me a lot because I'm, I'm not necessarily somebody that has chased fast money, but, um, I think that in regards to investments, I have been overzealous at times. Um, so I think that just like a lot of the advice that you've given on that um has helped me to kind of just recognize a plan that works and try to just stick to it even if there may be like one or two off days it's more so the bigger picture that matters oh that's that's fabulous Mm -hmm. um can somebody else talk about their goals Mm -hmm. um what about you akeem can i say something sure well i've only been here since last week but like I learned that the importance of planning stuff out and the impact it could have on your career, like how how small things like social media and how you present yourself and what it actually takes to become successful. Because like I I just had an idea in my head, but like it wasn't like realistic. Or, like I didn't know how to get there, and like it taught me the steps and stuff. That's great. You can listen to all their previous classes too, where they, they're on my, our podcast stream, Two Black Guys with Good Credit. You just, they're there for you to, you can catch all the classes that you missed. They're, on, so you they're can, there. They're on, they're on YouTube if you need the, the slides as well. So um, any, anything, any of our social media accounts, you should be able to find a link to them. Can you put the link to the YouTube in the chat? Is that possible? Sure, I'll, I'll do that right now. Thank you. Yeah, Sean, I want to add something. Um, one of the great things this class is really looking to share and teach each of you, and we are all, um, you know, working on this as we all go forward, each of us, is to learn to let go. You can't grab the next level unless you let go of the level you're in now. Many of us get frustrated of our life, our lifestyle, our circumstances, but unwilling to change our thinking or our behavior. So through this class, we are looking to transcend how you think and look at life in itself. So my model is you get comfortable with being uncomfortable. I don't like being uncomfortable, but I get phone calls from tenants at certain hours. I could be going out and some emergency happens. My wife gives me a certain look, where are you going? So, hey, I got to deal with what I got to deal with. Is it comfortable? No. But I'm used to dealing with the uncomfortable. And through that, I've learned all the things that are on this list. Now, I'm not great at all of them, but I'm getting better. And life is about all of us learning and getting better. Go ahead, Sean. Trying to mute it again. Okay. So um, the, the last thing I would like to say is that... I muted myself. Well said, I said, Mr. 850. Well okay. said. Go ahead, Sean. Go ahead. No, go ahead. You said the last so thing you wanted to say. The last thing I want to say is when we go to the beginning, when we talked about credit and we talked about saving money, remember, in order for your money to save you, you have to save your money. 
And that's an acronym or that's a way of thinking that I've always utilized. And that's why if you come to where I am at in my mind, you won't find a Lexus, you won't find a BMW, you're gonna find a Prius, you may find a tiny house, you may find shoes from Walmart, but am I able to support myself for the rest of my life without lifting a finger? Absolutely. So these are the ways I think. Now, if I want to experience the, the Bugatti, do I want to experience the Maserati? I can go rent one for a day, drive around the track, and say, hey, take a picture of me with a Bugatti. Now, that's my opinion, me doing whatever I choose. But my general lifestyle is to always live with just be happy with basic things. I think you guys have a hand up. Alexander, do you have a hand? Yeah. Um, this is my first session, but what I learned from being here is that um, like one one big step could like open a lot of doors for you, and like you get to know like like multiple people could open a lot of doors for you too. Yeah, and it's really about your branding, like how you represent. Are people going to be able to, people confident to put their word behind you and back you up by because of who you are? So you're absolutely right. So you have to understand that people are like a lot of people have asked me, you know, to do certain things. And I am like, who am I representing? What am I putting my name behind to make sure that they're going to not have a bad reflection on me? And again, Alexander and, and everyone else. And, and if you, I know that not all of you have the time, things might come your way to so you're only attending one class, but Sean has already said, our program is holistic. Our program covers a lot of different things. Financial literacy and, and building wealth is not something you can teach in one day. It's not something you can teach in two days or four days, right? We've spent eight weeks and even we still think it's too short. So please, please go back and review. You don't have to listen to everything word for word, but you go back and at least review what was covered to, and, and fill in the gaps, right? That you might, that you didn't think you had before. So you can... So you can, you know, prepare yourself to be on the right track. So, I mean, I know just for me, I've done that too. Like what you're saying, I've gone and looked at your like Instagram page, um, talked to my husband about some of this planning, like just, you know, even like using your network, but thinking more about this and what kind of credit cards do we have and how are we paying off those credit cards? And are we using points on credit cards? Like I was never really very good at that, but I thought so much more about that. Mm -hmm. Um, and I'm an old person, <laughs> just in being in session. We're, we're all, there's always something new to learn because you know, something new is always going to come out. When I, when I get older, I'm sure there's going to be new social media and new types of cars and payments and rewards. And I'm going to have to figure that out too. Right. So you, that's why you can't just sit around. Um, so we're at three 30. So I want to just wrap things up really quickly. This is very important because again, right. We've had the pleasure of, you know, Rachel, inviting us to, to do this presentation over the last eight weeks, but we never ask anyone to pay us, right? For That's the one rule. The classes themselves are always gonna be free for the students. And so there are a couple ways indirectly that we would appreciate where you can help us if you appreciated this class so we can keep going, we can teach more people, we can keep our program up. The first thing we're gonna do is we're gonna send a survey around and I'll, I'll send that to Rachel, which we, need to, we do at the end of every class to, get your feedback to make sure we can be better, right? If it's a timing thing, if we rush through things, if there's certain areas that you want us to uh, cover, please, please, please fill that out because it's really important for, you know, when people want to give us funding, they need to see that. They need to see that we're actually, you know, doing something. Uh, second thing is follow us on social media. As Rachel said, we're always posting new things. You know, we'll post random tips. We'll add things to the podcast. Follow Sean on his, uh, his personal Instagram as well, Financially Clean Sean. Um, and I already said, listen to our podcast, whether you have an Android or an iPhone or anything, you can find it on there, go to our website and you can find links to the podcast and also tell your friends, tell your friends about clean, sign up for our email list. You can go on our website and there's a little box right under the, the, the top where it says sign up for an email list to keep track of what's going on. So if there's, you know, whether it's another class, whether there's a specific subject that we're going to go over, sometimes we have these mini courses on something, uh, we will let you guys know. And, and keep track of what we're, what we're going on. And the most important thing is even if you don't do any of the above, right? Pass on what you've learned because that's how you build knowledge in your community. That's how you make a change, right? Even if everyone passed on one thing that they learned from this class, uh, that would be a positive step forward. 
Any thoughts, Sean? No, um, I'd just like to say thank you. I was honored to spend the last eight plus weeks with you guys. It's been great. You know, I hope one day to when this pandemic passes to meet each and every one of you in person. And um, I'm a, I'm your all I'm your biggest fan. You know, I wish you all many much success. And you know, call on a brother when you do because uh, I think that's a beautiful thing about what we do. We've had so many great success stories out of this, and then it becomes just a great contact for even myself. So please continue to um, keep us in, in keep us in the loop of your successes and the things that you're doing. You know, because it makes me actually feel good and know that, hey, I have, I have, a, I have a good contact out there. Um, yeah, but I enjoyed it. And I hope, you know, like I said, to, to meet you all one day. And, and thank you so much for allowing us to be part of your, your Friday afternoons. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, this is Janice Torres from Yo Quiero Dinero. From a local business to a global corporation... Partnering with Bank of America gives your operation access to exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America N.A. Copyright 2024. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.